Welcome to our show and thanks for joining us. This is Grateful Heart, the motivational Arizona real estate and business show. We're here to inspire you to believe in yourself, to dare to dream about your infinite and divine possibilities, to blow open your mind to creating your most abundant reality possible as our thoughts are so powerful. I found turning my own personal grief into gratitude raised my vibration to be in tune for receiving prosperity, health, and connecting to God's source. I'm your host, Rebecca Rains of Integrity All-Stars at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I have been selling homes here in the Valley since 1993. If you have any questions and are watching us live on our Facebook page, you can comment and we will do our best to answer while we are live on the show, so do not be shy. Today on our program, we have some great guests for you. Live from Phoenix, Arizona, it's the Grateful Heart Show with your host, Rebecca Rains. Happy Monday morning, everybody. Today is August 3rd, 2020, and welcome to Grateful Heart TV. In the studio today, I have Bernie Espinosa from Lawyer's Title. Welcome. Hello, Rebecca. Thank you. Thank you for joining me in person. Yeah. I am so excited about today's show. <laughs> Besides your bright yellow vibration going on, making me feel really good on this Monday yeah. morning, we have three other guests that are joining us on Zoom. Really cool, the technology today. We have our first guest, Daniel, sitting right there Yay. from Vantage. And we are gonna get into some really fun stuff Thank you for bringing your friend on yes. the show. So tell us how you met Daniel and all about Daniel real quick before we get into the rest of our show. Okay, absolutely. So um, Daniel's with Vantage IRA, self-directed IRA, which has been an amazing resource for me in terms of um, investment, legacy, building wealth. And um, I've actually been working with Vantage in the title industry for probably the, like close to 10 years. I know their CEO uh -huh. and um, we, you know, working on the title side, a lot of times we had clients in that arena and I finally had an opportunity to roll over an, um, a 401k from a previous job into a self-directed IRA and then I started investing from there. So while I always knew about Vantage, um, it was Steve Valentine, who right. you and I are both friends with, that right. gave me the opportunity to really leverage the resource and kind of bring everything full circle. So shout and out so, to Steve. Yes, because shout out to my buddy Steve. Steve's been on our show a couple of times and listening to Steve is like drinking from a fire hydrant, right? <laughs> and so he brushed over the whole um, using your self-directed IRA for investing in real estate so quick. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to have somebody talk to us and educate us yeah. about it. And you found the man. The man, right the here. The man, right Daniel. here. So Daniel. Daniel is an executive in charge of all of the sales and operations for um, Vantage IRA. So you're actually a client of this. I'm actually a client. So it's kind of <laughs> cool to get to share my personal experience and then learn, have, having learned about it from you know the industry too. So hi, Daniel. Hi, Daniel. <laughs> Uh, Hello, sorry, was having a little technical difficulties there. <laughs> no, it's all good. That's the fun joys of Zoom today. Right. Uh, you know, thank you for joining us from New York City. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Daniel's local, but he has a really cool screensaver. We were teasing him about earlier. Uh, and we're going to get into everything about self-directed IRAs because, quite frankly, I know nothing on the subject. Nothing at all. In my 27 years in real estate, I have yet to have a client use self-directed IRA funds to purchase real estate. I wanna get into the mechanics of that so that I can educate my clients, and some of them may be listening today. So any of you guys listening live, remember you can comment on Facebook and we will be happy to answer your questions, especially if you have one directed for Daniel, I'm sure he wouldn't mind at all. Absolutely. Daniel, how many years have you been with Vantage and doing self-directed IRAs? Uh, I've been with Vantage almost four years, so it's three and a half years. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so uh, just 
How'd you chugging get, away every single day. <laughs> how did you get into selling self-directed IRAs? Believe it or not, I was actually in real estate for a while as a transaction coordinator, and uh, we needed someone that had a little bit more background in real estate. Uh -huh. And so the opportunity came up, and I jumped at an opportunity to learn something more from a financial aspect okay. and kind of merge the two. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to do a quick, I hope you don't mind, and hopefully you might learn a little something. Bernie and I <laughs> listened to a fantastic presentation last week about the current market situation for real estate. And I thought, you know, it'd be the best platform to get us launched in our conversation today to talk about why people might want to real estate or do some investing in real estate today. So Absolutely. if you don't 100%. mind, Farai, if you stay tuned, Farai, if you don't mind, can you put our slide up, please? Real estate investing. Mm. Yeah, my little cute slideshow. I know you guys Good are job. digging it. Thank Good you. Good job. Go ahead and slide down just a little bit. Oh, and oh, here here's my intro. There's Bernie right there with the lawyer's title, VP. Oh. Now it said VP. Which VP are you? Does, just any of them. Just, I'm, I'm, I work on sales, recruitment, and expansion. Well, so I'm just part of a killer group. I work with Anthony are. and Ryan. and They're just, my faves. Yeah. You know, a Lawyer's Title's been a big support of mine for many years now. Huge fan. Thank you again for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Before I go ahead and slide back down. So here's Daniel. You guys all just saw him. And we will be showing the slide again for any of you guys after the show who maybe want to get connected with Daniel because you want to do more with your 401k today. Highly recommend it. Highly recommend it, and we'll Highly. explain why. <laughs> and so we're gonna slide down just a tad. Uh, our next, at that break, we're gonna be bringing in Lindsay Shaw of First Bank East Valley. And we're also gonna bring in our sponsor, Tara Creek from AmeriFirst, because we're gonna also talk about some alternatives if maybe perhaps your 401k is not as robust as you'd like, mm -hmm. and maybe you can't go the traditional route with your yeah. investing, um, they have some options for us that we'll talk about after the break. So you guys need to stay tuned for the entire show because you'll miss some good stuff if this you don't. This is a good one. This is a good one. <laughs> this is a good one. Okay, so Fry, slide down just a little bit more for me. Yeah, there's our friend Tara. She's also That's watching awesome. and she'll be joining in. And uh, you'll, you guys will catch her commercial midway through. Okay, so I always like to start every Monday with a nice little something that makes you feel good. That's the whole point of this show. It's motivational, right? So please believe in yourself and you will be unstoppable. I know that sounds so corny. I love it. I know, right? I do too. I'm corny, 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 corny too. I'm all about it. So speaking of corny, um, <laughs> Bernie brought me a gift today. It was the cutest little box. I'm gonna say it's grateful with a couple other uh, letters behind that because you know, Grateful Heart is my name of my show. And so the point of this game, or it's not really a game, it's just inspirational cards. Daily draw. Daily draw. So. 99 ins inspiring ways for imperfect people to be grateful. Pick a card, place that card in the stand. I'm, I'm eliminating a couple of adjectives just so you guys know. Um, do what it says. Again, I, I eliminated a little exploratory of um, word. See the life as you get less, or, or as you get less, uh, what's the, shitty. That's the word. <laughs> right, um, love the blank out of yourself and others. And there, you are grateful blank blank um so pull a card for me bernie okay and if you need me to read it because i actually have my glasses on i can read it for you historians historians you're grateful for historians yes so do you need me to <laughs> on go with the glasses showing the age here yeah um be do yourself a favor and watch a documentary see how blanking excited those people are to talk about their shit <laughs> 
<laughs> it's an incredible act of bravery to be straight up, openly passionate about anything in this world, and historians are killing it in the excitement department. I love it. Grateful AF for historians. For historians. So this whole little There's box is full of little grateful sayings. Thank you, Bernie, for my fun little <laughs> gift. I may have to incorporate this into every one of our shows going forward for I be prepared to use the bleeper bleeper for our videos. Um, I love it. So next, thank you. I, I really love my gift. Thank you. Okay, good. So next slide. And this is where I am grateful for all of my viewers. So grateful, in fact, I have some custom-made vans, size seven and a half, and I'm looking for a Cinderella who fits them. <laughs> I bought these from. I, tried. I know, Bernarella right? Bernarella tried. Bernarella tried. <laughs> these are really cool and they are not cheap. So if you're a fan of Vans and you're a fan of my show, the first one who says they wear size seven and a half gets the shoes. So I'm looking for my Cinderella. I don't have a pumpkin or anything like that or mice or anything that's going to like implode. Um, but the first person who says they can fit a seven and a half, these bad boys are yours. Awesome. Okay. So we had to get the business out of the way. Now let's get into the fun of the show. Last week, Lawyer's Title, love Lawyer's Title. They're always looking to educate us realtors in the industry. Fry, you can slide it down to the next slide, please. And uh, Bernie, Anthony, Ryan, everybody over there had put on a presentation. Yep. Why don't you go ahead and, and, and talk about who does the presentation, where okay. it came from. I'm a, I'm a fan, so much of a fan that I subscribe to Cromford. So I'm gonna yeah. talk about this particular slide in a moment, but Please set the stage. Well, you know, um, clearly working in real estate, it's super important to be um, informed, to uh -huh. understand what's happening in our market. And we want to be kind of like the um, providers of information for our practitioners. You guys are working in it. We want to work on it to bring you the information. You guys work in it. We want to work on it. I love <laughs> yeah. that. You've said right? that before, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> probably. I say it all the time. But it's super important that we bring out the right, right. data. And more importantly, that we're bringing it to you guys. And then even more is that you guys have the proper data to present to your clients. Those buyers and Absolutely. sellers out there. So if you look at a lot of the headlines that are in the news that are accessible to consumers, right. it's wrong. It is wrong. It's not the correct information frequently. Point so, of my show. You know, Anthony Penna always says we want to uh, clarify with the data, not terrify with it. <laughs> Good one, Anthony. So I got to give him credit. Otherwise, yeah. I, otherwise I'll say to I Anthony. made it up, but, He says um, some funny things. He does say some great <clears throat> That's things. a good one, though. Yes, he does. <laughs> so every month we're doing a Cromford update with Tina Tambor. Mm -hmm. Tina Tambor is really like, I consider her one of the founding members members of Cromford. Right. Cromford is like the Wall Street Journal for Arizona real estate. I Agreed. Mean, it is hands down the absolute best resource. And when you have Tina Tambor Explain delivering it. the information, mm -hmm. it's so relatable. And that's what I think is super special and unique about Cromford. If you're not a subscriber, you should be, especially if you're a realtor, because Tina Tambor explains stuff in which you can understand it. A hundred percent. During the uh, during the whole quarantine pandemic, when it very first started, she talked about how the market we were experienced at that time was just like a kink in the hose. Yep. That that analogy <clears throat> that just stuck in my head. And yep. so she was so right because as soon as the quarantine was over, bam, yep. we got back to craziness. Yep. And so on this slide here, you know, I, I wrote up there, is it a good market? Because most of the time, everybody's like, when they see me and they know I'm in real estate, hey, is it a good market right now? Well, what the, the answer is, as you know, is it depends. It depends who you are. It depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Are you a seller? Are you a buyer? Are you an investor? What Exactly, what are you trying to accomplish? Yep. And so this particular chart was not part of Tina's presentation, although I did grab some slides that we're gonna get into. But this chart here, there's some really interesting things that I just wanna share, just a couple of highlights. 
today, I pulled this this morning, so really today's August 3rd, this were the stats from yesterday. Um, it shows here that we have active listings in our multiple listing service at 13,000. I actually pulled the MLS and we're gonna show you that's actually a little bit, because in our MLS we can list properties anywhere. You know right. what I mean? So that number there, when you take out the homes that actually have offers, her chart was showing 8,400 yep. actives. That includes Pinal County, that includes the entire you know gamut of Arizona. Um, when I, and we'll do this in just a moment, but when I pulled mine, I got a little bit less numbers, which was even scarier. So there's a trend that we've been going in, and it's talking about the months of supply. Two years ago, we thought we were at crazy lows. 2.3 months of supply. Bananas. Bananas, yeah, we, bananas. Thought, we thought two years ago we were dealing with bananas. In a normal market, when we have equal supply and demand, we should actually have about four months of inventory, at yep. least, if not up to five. Otherwise, it's a seller's market. So we've been in a seller's market straight for at least five years yep. now. We had a little blimp of it back in 2014, 15, where it kind of actually went into the buyer's favor for just a short- A minute. Yeah, a minute, <laughs> a minute. But so for the last couple of years, it's been pretty consistent. A year ago, we were at 2.1. Last quarter, because of the quarantine and COVID and that little blink yep. of an eye, we actually increased in, um, <clears throat> in volume and, and, I'm sorry, inventory. But then last month we hit what we thought was a record of 1.5. Well, guess what? I got up this morning and pulled this chart out. We're at 1.3 months right. of inventory. So what happens, as you know, supply and demand. When it's that out of whack, what happens to our prices, Bernie? It, they, they increase. They increase. So do you- Whether want, you ask for it or not. Like, whether so. you, yeah, whether, so if you're already <clears throat> owning a home, that's fantastic yep. news. But if you're trying to buy a home, maybe not so much right there is there is definitely some good stuff coming in our update that we're going to talk about but one thing i want to point out is um appreciation right now 12 percent bananas that is complete bananas and so if you've been thinking about investing in real estate it's not too late it's and not, we're going to explain it's why never too late it's not too late <laughs> the crawford market index at the bottom of this chart this is really telling this so crazy. yeah so last quarter because we're in the midst of the pandemic uh, we were at 151 for the Cromford Index. Basically, again, if we're in a normal supply and demand, equal, everything is equal, it should be at 100. So in the last two years, we haven't been anywhere close to 100. Again, bananas time. Two years ago, 163, we thought bananas. A year ago, 186, we thought bananas. But holy cow, last week, Tina had up on her chart Cromford Index of 303, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. I get up this morning and pull the current. We're at 318. Right. So that means there's over three buyers per house. It's, it's crazy. Three buyers per house. It is crazy. Super crazy. So go ahead and slide down to my next um, screen for I for me, please. Well, and that little pop-up in inventory, too, had a lot to do with rentals becoming yeah. listings as well. Yeah, that the, helped, the, you know. The VRBOs yep. that were vacant, all of a sudden the investors decided to yep. sell. Uh, this I just pulled this morning because I'm a licensed broker. I can pull what's actually active in our MLS after this crazy weekend. So I don't think Tina's charts have quite caught up yet. So over the weekend, James and I were out showing five different buyer clients yesterday alone homes. Like we were sweating in the 117. Oh I think I'm hot right now. Oh man, yesterday <laughs> was brutal. Um, but when I looked in just Air, or Maricopa County and Pinal County, just the two counties, for single family detached homes, no price point, no nothing, we're less than 6,000 houses this morning. It's crazy. Less than 6,000 houses. Okay, guys, I've been doing this for 27 years. During the bottom of the market, when it was like 
2011, okay, August 6, 2011, that was actually the bottom of our market here because I'm geeky that way and I know that date. I will always remember that date. We had like 40,000 yes. listings at that time. Yep. 40,000. Today we have less than six. Yep. So the name of the game, and this is what I'm telling all my agents and all of our clients, mm. you want to buy, you got to be competitive and you got to be quick. And you got to be ready. Yeah, you, you got to be, be quick. quick. Yep. There's no messing around. You no got to be quick. Around. So if you see it, you better, you, you better, better grab it. You better <laughs> grab it. So the, the rest of this chart, I feel like we've kind of set the stage. Bernie, I'm going to have you interject as often as you like. Fry, please go to the next slide because we both were now at this point listening to Tina. Yes. So do you remember this slide here? Um, yeah, I thought that was uh, amazing in terms of the percentage difference between um, the total housing units. So yeah. even back in the day, we we had we had more houses available for the number of people that needed them and now we don't have as many houses available for an increase in the number of people that need them or want them so really what it exactly um and then the next slide will show even more so just before you move on fry by the way i didn't get to see any of this stuff beforehand (laughs) (laughs) hey but you watched it last week i know (laughs) uh so basically what happened is in 2006 we had been on the cusp for six Mm -hmm. years of the builders building over building Yes. Overbuilding. So going into the last crash, we had several years of the builders building more homes than what we could live we in, need, yep. than what we really needed. And so at that time, if you were going to buy a brand new home, you were getting deals. They were cheaper than resale. It was fantastic. Then the market started to crash. So 2007, we went down. And then, oh gosh, from 2009 through 2014, the builders were hardly building squat. Right. And even today, they are not able to keep up with the demand because there's only so much land. There's and, only so much land. <laughs> and, and it takes a few years to entitle that land. Fry, please scroll down to the next slide for me. It's so funny to think about Arizona, right? And you think mm-hmm. about Maricopa County. I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area in California where there isn't a way to sprawl out. No. Like you you hit the water and you know if you start pushing inland, you're Build no longer up. in the Bay Area, right? Yeah. So it's interesting because a lot of people perceive that in Arizona we have so much land land grabs still, right. but we really don't have Mm-mm. the availability to to produce homes as quickly as people would like to see them. Agreed. So during the beginning of my career, I was really heavy in the new build industry. I still am today, That's but I, 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 I literally started here at the beginning of this chart um, in 1996, 1997 in new home sales. And so when I was selling new home sales for the first 10 years of my career, we had plenty of homes. Tons plenty of homes and then the market crashed and the builders started coming back little by little by little but looking even at 2020 numbers we were only getting permits of 3400 versus the 2700 we were doing in 2004 so crazy or 27,000 like a fraction so this is why now everybody's moving to Arizona and we haven't kept up building like we should we have run out of land cost to build is way more expensive also SB 1270 I believe it was passed and we lost a lot of our workers that were building our houses totally. well uh, and resources i mean water is yeah. a big deal like if you find some great land out there that you can cultivate you still have to figure out how to get resources there <laughs> absolutely absolutely <clears throat> so fry next slide please and then 
to this to was boot. Good. You you talk about no, this. No, you do it. You do it. <laughs> but this was really really good. I mean, this was one of those pieces that. This is what you. This is why you can't miss our updates every month because right. Tina Tambor brings information that is not like something you could just find in the Cromford no files on right? your own. <laughs> so what this slide is, and for those of you guys listening on podcast, because we also podcast the show, is I have a chart showing the population growth here in Phoenix. And so what happened was during 2009, 2011, our population growth was a lot lower than what we're seeing today. So when we had less homes being built and more people coming to town, it's it's huge. And so we had an inverse of mm-hmm. population coming to town versus the number of homes we were building. Yes. And there's some, I mean, there's some variety of stats out there, but there's still, supposedly, we still have 250, 300 people moving to Arizona. Every day. Every day. So I did a whole <laughs> video about the reasons why people move here. You know my number one reason why? It's because of you? No. Oh. <laughs> because your hair looks so much better in Arizona. <laughs> It's a dry, it's a dry dry heat. heat. Uh, So go ahead, let's go to the next slide. No, they're all moving here for you. You know, of course, right? Um, Okay, so I talked. This is bananas. Yeah, this was bananas. Like the her whole presentation, guys. So this is talking Cromford Index again, and it shows right there at that equilibrium of a hundred, where you want to be in a balanced market. Well, in two thousand nineteen, we were going up, 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 like we explained, right? They're showing two thousand five, a week ago. 2005, mm-hmm. she was saying the Cromford had never hit higher than 312. 312. Do you remember what the first chart slide said? Um, 318. Yeah. Yeah. So we just beat I, it this when last you, week. When you said that earlier, I was like, I thought it was 312 was the last time yeah. we ever hit that. But, but I didn't so, want to say it because I'm like, what if I was wrong on that? No, number? you were totally right. So in the last week, we just broke that I record. Know, we broke that record. We broke that record. This, so This is such a huge... Um, graphic to explain why in our market we're not going to see what people are fearful of because of, exactly because of time and trend time and trend so the <laughs> thing is is what tina said and i love this because she proved it with this graph alone 100 percent. so during the original quarantine i'm getting over here to point because this is like crazy to me i kept telling all my clients this is the time. Buy, buy, buy. Everybody was so scared. Whatever you get your hands on, you better put, you better buy it. Right? And, and everybody was in that fear mentality. <clears throat> we had people actually canceling contracts in March that I'm sure are kicking themselves today because we had this little tiny, tiny dip for a blink mm-hmm. of an eye. And then it shot up. So yep. this chart is from a week ago where we we're at 302 with that Cromford index. And so what she was explaining was, look at 2005. It went from 312 all the way down below 100 but it took a year to get there yep and she was saying with the volume the shortage of homes and the amount of people still moving here because they weren't moving here during that time period she predicts it will take at least two years for it to hit 100 and that's if nobody bought any more real estate exactly that would and which is really improbable well in such a different outlying circumstance right so you've got people that have equity you've got people that i mean there's lots of different scenarios and we don't have the liar loans which tara i'm sure can talk about in the second half of the show interest rates i mean making everything ridiculously affordable under three (laughs) are you kidding me? yeah but this was probably one of the most i mean gosh yeah this is the one one of the most powerful pieces from that presentation last week i agree because like you just see it how it just shot right up and so now we've actually broken the records if she if tina does this chart again she you will see we broke that record from 2005. Next slide, please, Fry. Great highlights. I, I love you this show. You did a really good job. Well, thank you. With all this. <laughs> uh, so, okay, this was another cool thing. If you're talking about or thinking about investing in real estate, it's pretty cool to see this chart because this chart talks about who buys what houses. 
You know, we had a little mm-hmm. blimp of red at the bottom where we were having like <clears throat> open door, offer pad, other eye buyers as we call them, buying homes, but they're non to existent right now because during the pandemic, a lot of them pulled out of the market and they're just getting back in. But gosh, the market's so hot, sellers don't want to sell to those guys right yeah. now. They don't need to. Well, I mean, and a lot of people think that the iBuyers were taking up so much inventory. They really weren't. <laughs> they really were. Yeah. What's the highest they ever were? Look at that. I think it was like 4%. 4.6%, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so then we have investors that noticed during the downturn when, when the ones that were smart and had money were buying a lot more than what they're buying today. And I think the only reason that they aren't buying more today is because it's just inventory short and it's hard to get them. Well, and door knocking in Arizona right now. Is- it's not the funnest, <laughs> not the funnest. <laughs> Uh, we have second home buyers, uh, and they've all been pretty consistent. consistent. But today we have record-breaking owner occupants, 83%, which is pretty exciting. I love the fact, and we're going to lo- go into the next chart, Fry, please, because this is going to explain why. That's I lo- exactly okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also I think that as the um, as people enter real estate, we're getting mm-hmm. different generations that right. are leading real estate as well as entering into transactions. Right. And so you could start to see that because of affordability. <laughs> and that's the next slide is yes. but we're going into affordability. Yeah. So this slide here is talking about rents, which okay, if you're a landlord, this is great news. But if you've never owned a home and you're currently renting, this isn't the best news. Yeah. You know, for the longest time, from 2000 through, all the way through 2013, 14, on average, you could probably find a pretty nice house at around 11, 1100 a month. Mm-hmm. No problem. I mean, for what, 12 years? You wanted a three bedroom, two bath home in town to rent? No problem. That, a thousand if bucks is going to do it. it. <laughs> if you could find it, a thousand bucks would do it though. But from 2014 all the way up to today, we jumped from 1100 up to 1700 as it's an average crazy. rent. And that's not, that is such a fast pace. Oh, well, yeah, because we had such what? Such a fast pace. 13 years, 14 oh. years of it being about the same, more or less. And then all of a sudden, in the last six years, it, it jumped up exponentially. So th- this is a chart that, A, if you want to be investing, great news. Because what hopefully you can get great rents on your properties oh, yeah. right now, right? Absolutely. Or even if you buy something to rent it out, a buy and hold strategy of just three. I mean, I just flipped a property that I held for three years, and the amount of margin I made on that was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. <laughs> like, and then yes. in the meantime, you're and I was renting making, it. You're <laughs> making good money on rent. Yeah. So the next chart for I is going to show us if you can slide down. Is this is the whole affordability? This one was huge. Yeah. This this is, this, is, this one ties right. That yeah. other piece and this one like ties the whole for, presentation was fantastic. Was really That's good. why we wanted to share it with you guys. So mm-hmm. the affordability we're talking about back in 2005 March, the average home 1,500 to 2,000 square feet back then cost about 250 thousand dollars. The payment because of the interest rate was 1,332. So crazy. Same house today, cost you less. Twelve ninety one a month. Actually, a house that costs a hundred thousand dollars, almost a hundred thousand dollars more. True. <laughs> cost you less. Will every cost month. you less every month because the interest rates are so much yeah. lower. They're half of what they were right before the market yeah. crashed. Yeah. So I mean, money's cheap. Money's cheap. Money's cheap. You know, cheap. I often think about people who have held properties from the distressed time mm-hmm. frame. Oh my gosh. And how people were told they would never, ever, ever get. Their right, money back. Right side up. Yeah. Those people have totally. Oh, yeah. I, I was the queen of short sales back yes, in those days. I know. And that's uh, how I first met you. Yeah, it was. I We helped hundreds of people short yeah. sell their homes because they had to. They, they had to. They just couldn't keep up with their payments. They lost jobs. And that is something that 
is a little bit in line with today. There are a lot of people who've been affected by COVID. Again, why we want to talk about people who might have 401ks and options for them. So the next slide actually ties into affordability. Fry, if you can slide down just a little bit more. And this again kind of says the same thing, but just in a little bit different way. It shows how in 2006, we were not very affordable. We really weren't because we had high interest rates and the prices hadn't come down yet. And then it went the opposite direction during the bottom of the downturn. But today, Phoenix is still more affordable than the rest of the country. Yep. I love this too because a lot of times we don't have like something to even what measure what that is, right? Right. And for Tina to kind of lay out like if you're between 60 and 75 percent mm-hmm. of that cost, the population in terms of their median income compared to right, that was pretty the cool. Co- the too. cost of housing, yeah, and that's what this outlines right here. So in in general, we did we've always kind of beat the the whole country, the U.S. Yep. But in 2006, when things got real ugly. Not so much. That's what brought me out here. Living in the San Francisco Bay Area, I did a cost of living comparison. It was twenty two percent less then. That was in two thousand. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I've never turned back. <laughs> well, you know, I'm from the Bay Area too, I know. <laughs> and uh, my mom still has a place up there, and they can't afford to live in the city anymore. Yeah, right? it's insane the the values there. Okay, mass so exodus, mass exodus, and they're still coming. <laughs> they're, they're still, still coming. coming. <laughs> so slide on down one more chart <clears throat> for me, my friend Farai. He was really trying to get me to do this myself today, but uh, we had technical difficulties before the show started. I actually like the scrolling. It's super smart the way you set it up. It, 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 makes, it makes it a lot easier, <laughs> yeah. right? So this was Tina's synopsis at the end. Um, and we just basically covered everything for the most part, just talking about supply, annual appreciation at 12.8%, the highest that we've ever seen. Um, and how do we go from glut to housing shortage? It was the building of homes back in the day, way too many, now today, not enough. And so, you know, for a buyer today, new homes are, if you're willing to live in the outskirts of town, those are some still great opportunities. Um, Fry, please scroll down, because I think we're ready for our friend, Daniel Ortega. Sorry for um, making you wait so long, Daniel, if you can bring him back there. So what did you think of our market update? Was that all new news to you, or have you seen similar stuff? Just because of the sense of having uh, speaking to a lot or having to speak to a lot of real estate individuals, um, I'm kind of usually really dialed into the market a little bit more than most. Awesome. But there were some interesting things you put uh, in your presentation that I think would be great to kind of pull into when you talk about self-directed IRAs because they correlate. That is why we did that. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's your show. We're, we're wanting to hear... And then we brought up Steve Valentine earlier because he's been on my show. He's got, I don't know what, 40, 40 properties himself. And he, and he helps everybody. Like his whole <laughs> mission is to help people build wealth. Yes. And he's the one who first turned me on to the concept of taking maybe your money from your 401k and rolling it into real estate investing. So when I- Which is huge. I which mean, is think huge. about a lot of people have been displaced from work and mm-hmm. probably a lot of them have 401ks and they're just sitting there. I mean- And they better do something with it. Because if, if you can roll it over into self-direct, I don't want to step on. Yeah. <laughs> this is Daniel's show, but- Obviously Bernie's passionate about it because she does it. she's done it herself. Yes, absolutely. But it's a great th- option for, you know, continuing to grow wealth. You can control it. I, I think it's a great point you make about, um, you know, where we are with COVID right now and how it kind of relates to kind of 2008 and kind of the downturn of the economy. Because a lot of clients that you speak to when it comes to 
um, I'd love to get into real estate or investors who are like, I'd love to get into real estate, but they don't have the actual liquid funds to invest. I mean, they're working right. these types of things. They don't have that. So it's a term we call overnight liquidity because unfortunately it's not a great way to get overnight liquidity when you lose your job or your no, your severed employment, but it is an opportunity for you to take advantage of some of the information you put forth earlier. The, uh, roll roll uh, maybe some money in a 401k, like a typical person, maybe, I don't know what, what you normally see. You'll have to tell me, Daniel, what do you normally see if somebody's got money in 401ks or an average amount that you're seeing come to you to invest? 250 is what the average size, you know, I mean, there's nine, there's like 27, there's like 29 trillion dollars in retirement money in the United States. That's a lot of money. Of that 29 trillion, <laughs> nine trillion of it, it is is in IRAs. Uh -huh. And the rest of it is is in the stocks what we and call stuff. employer, employer based plan. So that could be right. a 401k, that could be a 457, 403B and those determine based on the type of company uh, that you are government, whether you're private sector, government, those types of things and that, but that's $20 trillion. And what do you typically uh, see on those safer, maybe investment platforms, if you will, as far as what's the return that most people are expecting to see or get on average? Uh, from the alternative side yeah. or from the mm -hmm. more traditional side? From the alternative side, I mean, the, the benefit of that is sometimes, especially in the real estate aspect, you are custodying a more tangible asset that's providing you a bigger return, such as somewhere between eight to 12%. Eight to 12 versus the more traditional safer route, would you say is like two or what What do you normally like, see? About four, it's, about it's four? usually between four to eight, yeah. Okay, so just depending what the stock market's doing probably will we'll determine you know what that average is. So if you're yes. the more safer route, right. maybe more of our retirees probably prefer to keep their money in a safer place. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, fixed, fixed incomes. I mean, the, the number one thing you want as you approach retirement age is a fixed income. You want right. something that's going to generate you money to be able to live off of. Um, I have a different philosophy in the sense of I'm always I'm all about making money in the sense of yeah. I don't care how I make it. I want to yeah. make money whether I can touch it now or later. So to answer your question, I think you know that that what we see on average is about two hundred fifty thousand uh, for IRAs or sorry, 401ks that are going to be converted into IRAs. Okay. But are there options for people who maybe have less? Like, does it matter how much you have to roll in? What if you had 50,000? Yes, you can. Um, I'm totally talking about me. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, hmm, just asking for a friend. Just asking for a friend. Yes, I mean, you certainly can. <clears throat> um, you know, like anything else, though, you know, it's, it's, you do need a, a good amount of substantial amount of money to purchase a home outright. Outright. And that's, have, that's, that's why key. I have my second half guest to come and talk you about. You beat me to the punch. You yeah. beat me to the punch and say that's why you have one of your lenders coming on later. But, right. Um, there are a wide array of things in a self-directed IRA that you could do even with just 50,000. So yeah, you could I feel like it's a great, oops, sorry. To fix and flippers, sorry, <laughs> no, I apologize. You can lend to fix and flippers. Um, you can you know, invest in a private company. So that's a company that's not publicly traded. Um, or if you were to be able to find a steal, maybe a, a outside of the, the city in North, Northern Arizona, maybe a cabin or something like that, you can rent Airbnb. I like Those it. Those are smaller, you know, 
you know, purchase price. And we've had clients before who bought a cabin for 35,000 and can turn around and rent it for 800 a month. That's awesome. Right. So quick yeah. question for you on your intake form for the show and prepping for the show, you wrote uh, a self-directed IRA is a marketing name. So I think a lot of people throw around self-directed IRA, but none of us know what the hell it is. Exactly. Can you please tell me what the hell it is? <laughs> Absolutely. So to do that, let me just give you a little background quickly on an IRA. An IRA is no different whether it's with Vantage or Fidelity. They're okay. all required by the same rules and regulations as far as to what we have to report to the government. Okay. Where, where the self-directed IRA uh, moniker comes in is that it really allows you, the client, the investor, the ability to invest your money anywhere that you see fit. Whereas yeah. you have an account with Fidelity or Charles Schwab, most of the time you're gonna have it with someone who's controlling that money for you, making the decisions for you, unless you decide to direct it there. You can have a self-directed IRA with Fidelity or Schwab. Uh, the difference is just the assets you're gonna be able to custody. So the assets, so when the, we you're using really big words. My apologies, my apologies. <laughs> so when you say assets with custody, you're talking about where you're putting your money that you are holding, right? Correct. Is that a better, Just I'm just trying to no, I like it. dumb it down for me because it's Absolutely. a little bit over and, my and head. I forget, you know, when you get caught up in the jargon, I do yeah. apologize for the <laughs> for the technical jargon. So what, what I mean by that is, you know, what you buy, what you use your money to buy, whether it's in the traditional state, it's more stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Right. On the alternative side, it's, we call them alternative assets and that's more, um, liquid, you know, I mean, sorry, illiquid assets like real estate, mm -hmm. private companies, and then private lending. Okay. So that's really, so the self-directed is just the, the term it says, I as the investor and want to direct my money where I see fit. And that now, is, that is it in a nutshell. Yes. So perfect. We'll just leave it that simple. <laughs> you said on your intake form also, the difference between you guys and the other custodians going back to custodians mean the people who manage it, right? Yep, people who custody it. Who custody it. Okay, so what's the difference between you and those other guys? You have your traditional side where uh -huh. again, they deal in the more stock market-based assets. Okay. And then you have the alternative side, which is the net, the, the, what we call the lane or the, the area that we navigate in. Okay. So we don't custody stocks, bonds, or mutual funds. It we strictly custody of your alternative assets, your more tangible assets. So let's talk about alternative assets. Besides real estate, you can, and I, I believe this is how you've done yours, Bernie, so correct me if I'm wrong, you can actually allow your money to be used by real estate investors, correct? Mm -hmm. So let's talk correct. about the options. Like, okay, I'm gonna bring you my money tomorrow. I might, don't, don't think I won't. So she's you, not messing. I'm not messing. So hey, you, we're ready. you tell me if I'm bringing you my money tomorrow, what are my options if I want to self-direct my money with you? Well, that I'm glad that you put it in that term because the one thing that I would be great for your audience and people to be aware is that alternative custodians and custodians such as Vantage, we have no fiduciary responsibility. So that word is very important. We use it in real estate too. If, yeah, because you guys are fiduciaries. You're yeah. helping people make mm -hmm. a financial decision. We have no responsibility for that. So I can't necessarily tell you, right. hey, you know, Bernadette, we think you should put your money here. That's something you'll never hear from right. us. But what you, what we will tell you is here are the options that you have. And I like really, it. Which, 
whatever option you choose, we can kind of go a little bit more in depth and answer some questions. And there. you'll help us down that path, right. whatever option we choose. So you'll go over the Correct. pros and cons. So let's talk about those options and some pros and cons. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I mean, just pretend I'm your well, client. Tell uh, me, tell me your my options. And I'll say what's been fantastic is I love this idea of their like that custodian word because you really come to them with what you want to do, uh -huh. and they will kind of. I almost feel like it's title and escrow, right? Right. We, we follow. We provide Switzerland over here. Yeah, we provide instructions mm -hmm. and we follow instructions. Right. <laughs> and um, if you have an idea that you want to execute on, and you have the right advisor, like a cabin up north kind of thing. There you go. Mm -hmm. And then somebody says, "This is what you need to do," and then you go to you need to find a self directed IRA to park that money. Um, it, I mean, it's just been great. It's super easy. You're in control. Right. Um, and I love your questions, like what the, the, the pros and the cons. And then I think too, just walk somebody through it. Like I call you, ring, 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 hello, I've got some money to park. You know, what's that look like for the consumer? Maybe I just lost my job and I have yeah. it in a 401k. I got to do something with it. What do I do with it? What are my options, Daniel? I would educate you as a as someone, you know, first I would definitely be and that's the one thing that goes doesn't it doesn't go long a long way with saying, you know, first we want to definitely, you know, make you aware that, you know, we're sorry that you have this overnight liquidity event. Sure. I mean, it's not the way we would want to gain your your business. Um, I, by the way, I but, did not lose my job yesterday. I've been doing this 27 well, <laughs> years, not stopping. Thank you for the thank you for the condolences. You're well, it's, it's empathy. We try to show empathy, okay. right? Well, then really um, quick then, let's just say, instead of it being about loss of liquidity, like that loss, just maybe have it's the money. just about like, what are the questions that you ask an existing, um, so that they can move their money? So let's say it's coming to you from any perspective. That And that's a good thing is because with a 401k, most clients can't move their money without right. that, or without that, without that severance of employment because um, 401k administrators, rarely allow you to take an in-plan service distribution unless you sever employment. So you would come to me and say, Daniel, I'm leaving my company voluntarily leaving for a new job. I have, you know, X amount of dollars. I want to direct them into, I don't know where to move the money. I would say, okay, great. Well, here's what we do advantage. You can invest it in either direct placement of, of real estate. You can partner or you can leverage or you can invest it into a private company, which is anything that's not located on the traditional stock market, or you can that's privately cool. lend it kind of like Bernadette did or lend it to other fix and flippers. You can lend it to private companies, lend it to family members, anything. Uh, you, those are the three options for you. So and the money sits in an account and you're the custodian and then you basically cut a check to wherever I tell you to cut a check to and we see what happens with that investment. Basically. And they nutshell. service the incoming payment too. Okay, for yes. lack of a better word, is that the so right? So we're going to custody, yes. So yeah. as a, as the custodian, it's our so, responsibility. Yeah. Like so whichever yeah. investment you make, it's our responsibility to make sure that we receive any of the dividends or profits mm -hmm. and put them back into the IRA because that's what keeps uh, it in a tax favored shelter that you don't have to pay any tax. It's so awesome. So I think this is a perfect opportunity now to bring in our other guests to add to the conversation because now we've set the stage. Yes. We know what the market's doing right now. We know what Daniel can offer. But if you don't have 250000 or three hundred to throw into a self-directed, you can't buy a property cash just because properties cash today don't exist right. for under two hundred right. for the most part. For the most part. Right? Correct. Um, so let's go to break. 
this is going to be a short break and we're going to wrap up our show and we're going to bring in Lindsay and Tara so we can add to the to the conversation of what are our options once we know we have yeah. these funds that we want to invest. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. You guys stay tuned. Watch our commercials. I promise they're going to be fast. Come back. If you're looking for a mortgage, you need a personalized plan, not a click button, get mortgage option. Tara Creek and the TK team have saved families thousands by proactively planning their home purchase or refinance. Buying a home is a huge decision. It deserves a strategic approach. The TK team provides you with a comprehensive mortgage plan, including a complete credit analysis outlining the steps needed to improve your credit score, helping you qualify for better rates and terms. Visit the TKteam.us today. We'll ensure you get the best guidance so you make the best decisions. The TK team, moving you forward. Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. I've been selling homes here in the Valley for over a quarter of a century already. I want to say that experience truly matters, so when you're looking for your realtor to help you either buy or sell your biggest purchase of your life, I hope you'll consider using me. However, my experience doesn't matter nearly as much as my clients' experience. I dare you to Google me. You'll see nothing but fantastic reviews because I truly care to help navigate you and your family to the very best experience you'll ever have with buying a home. Whether purchasing a home or refinancing, we know you have choices when it comes to choosing a title company. Lawyers Title is the leading source for all title, escrow, and marketing needs with access to the largest group of title insurance underwriters. Lawyers Title facilitates successful closings and protects clients from fraud, creating solutions that save time and money for everyone. Ask your realtor or loan officer today about using Lawyers Title on your next real estate transaction. Lawyers Title is a member of the Fidelity National Financial Family. And we're back. I told you it was going to be quick. So now joining us is the beautiful Tara Krieg of AmeriFirst Financial. And she was kind enough to bring over Lindsay Shaw from First Bank because we wanted to bring in another perspective on options for you guys. Whether you sadly, what did you just talk about? The 401k and having some money available, yeah. perhaps. Or, you know, like me in real estate, my husband and I are self-employed. And so we put in our maximum that we're allowed to every year into our own investment opportunities. He's been having fun playing the stock market recently. It's more like gambling, to be yeah, honest with you. a little day trading. <laughs> a little day trading. And so I'm like, okay, we, we more than doubled our money now. Because like you said, during the downturn, a lot of people lost a ton of money in their, their 401 and their 401 yeah like literally hundreds of thousands of dollars overnight <laughs> and that's what a scary situation so the topic at hand i know ladies you guys have been watching the show we want to help people who are trying to figure out why to invest in real estate if they have money to put into a self-directed ira but maybe they don't have 250 or the three hundred thousand just to buy a home outright cash what are their options Tara, I know we have alternative options with you over to Mara first, but can you please do me the kind favor of, of why you, you suggested Lindsay for today's show? Yeah, absolutely. So Lindsay has a portfolio product at First Bank that I'm just thrilled for her to be able to share a little bit about, but it's a non-recourse loan and it's different than qualifying for a traditional residential mortgage. And so uh, at AmeriFirst Financial, we write a mortgage against an investment property um, that is not party to a self-directed IRA. And so Lindsay's been a fabulous referral partner. Not only does she do those types of loans, but she also does home equity lines of credit, which is something that I don't do in-house. So when I have something that is gonna be a great fit for her, I feel 100% confident sending it her way and then vice versa. But on our side, you know, we're helping clients leverage 
the equity in their home. You talked about how home prices have appreciated significantly. I believe, Rebecca, you said 12% this year, which is just Yeah, the, so between this year and, and two years ago, the average home price in Arizona, now we're almost hitting 400,000. We were at like 312 two yes. years ago. So that, that is crazy. Yeah, bananas, as, as Bernie keeps saying. Is that the word of the day? I think so with the yellow, <laughs> with the yellow I keep saying bananas. <laughs> it is bananas. But what that allows a homeowner to do is tap into that equity in the form of a cash out refinance to use that to purchase either a vacation home or an investment property. So you can go up to 80% of the value of the home and use that money as a down payment on something new. Or I also have clients who are converting their existing home to a rental property after refinancing at these historically low interest rates. So just for shrimps and giggles, I thought it would be fun this morning to price out a couple different loan scenarios. And I just wanna share this with you because it's gonna blow your mind. So. Uh, VA 30-year yes, <laughs> fixed out cash out refinance is at two and a quarter. Stop it. So I'm going to repeat that. That is really bananas. I, I just closed my refi. 30-year fixed rate loan cash out two and a quarter. Two and a FHA quarter? FHA is exactly the same thing, you guys. Two and a quarter. And on a conventional I thought I was loan, good at three. Are you serious? So two I'm and a quarter. I'm serious a heart attack. So conventional higher. I want to preface that. Government pricing is better than it is on conventional. But even on a conventional loan, you guys, I priced out a homeowner taking cash out of their property up to the maximum of 80%. And I was pricing out at 2.875 on a 30-year fix. That's that amazing. 2.875, you guys. So when you talked about affordability, it isn't just for the first time home buyer or somebody moving into a new sure. primary home. It's creating affordability to become yes. um, an investor or have an investment property, whereas it just wasn't reasonable prior to this opportunity. So uh, for us in the lending world, it's just been blessing after blessing after blessing for these family members yes. who know how to live. With and, and we don't see that stopping anytime soon. That was why we went over the whole market update in the yeah. beginning of the yeah. show is we, we aren't forecasting either pricing to come down or interest rates yeah. to go up. In fact, right. they've only come down even further, lower than we ever thought. So but, let's let's let Lindsay, poor thing, she hasn't had a chance no. to even say boo. <laughs> so uh, Tara, you were supposed to be introducing Lindsay here. Uh, Lindsay. This is my friend, Lindsay Shaw. Okay, good job. So Lindsay, I wanted to know because I, I selfishly knew that I didn't have two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand to invest in my self-directed IRA. My husband, I, I made him stop gambling in the stock market, and I want to self-direct my money, so awesome. and I want to know what my options are. And, and if I don't um, have enough to buy a house outright cash, sounds like Daniel's got some other options for me where maybe I can let some, you know, other folks use my money, and I can get a nice return on that. But can I use that self-directed money as a down payment with you for a future loan to purchase property? Absolutely, you absolutely can. Um, actually, Daniel and Vantage have been great partners at First Bank over the years. Um, they're one of our preferred IRA custodians when we're doing these types show. of loans just because they know this product inside and out. So. Um, it's been fabulous for us. What you can do, most people don't have the 250 or the 300,000 to just buy an investment property outright. Okay. You know, it's, it's just something that they've been able to do or they maybe haven't been working long enough to reach those maximums and do that. So um, what we do is we'll lend, um, we'll leverage your 
IRA, um, and we'll do a loan up to 65% loan to value. So 65%? You use your okay. IRA. I didn't even know about that. <laughs> I figured there was a way. If there's a will, there's always a way. <laughs> Absolutely. So then you'll say, you'll break the gap with that 35%, right? So um, you talked about maybe only having 50,000 in your IRA mm -hmm. or something like that. That, you know, that back end math gets you to a purchase price of about 145. Um, and you know, that might be a condo Same. or, you know, a townhome or something like that, which still has historically good return on investment with your rental income. Yeah, no, and then I was thinking cabin, I was thinking maybe a place in Hawaii. Are you only licensed in Arizona or do you guys fund loans in other locations, other states? We are um, Colorado, Arizona, and the Palm Desert in California. Okay. Very good. So we lend where our banks are located and we're regionally um, available in those areas. So all of Colorado um, and then all of Arizona and just regionally in um, California. Well, I'll tell you what, there's some wonderful opportunities in the outlying areas where you could find property, say at 200. Um, Lindsay, question for you. What if I had 65,000 or 75,000 in my IRA, IRA that I can roll over, could I pay cash the difference to maybe increase my purchase price? Absolutely, yep, you certainly can. You don't have to, you know, I mean, you don't have to go up to that 65%, you could, you know, a 50%, or you can even partner with a spouse or another person who has an IRA and set up an LLC Ooh, where you both own a like property that. 50% so that you can leverage to a larger property. Well, I, I liked um, what so, Daniel said about the cabin up north because my husband and I do sell a lot up north and I'm like, ooh, we could eyeball that some cabins. That one's been sticky to there. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> has. So what kind of interest rates are we talking with loans with you? Um, we will hold all of these loan portfolio. They're not eligible for you know a, a government type financing or conventional financing because they are non-recourse. So we'll hold all these portfolio. Right now we're offering a five or a seven year arm on a 30 year amortization. So that's a fixed rate for five or seven years or a 15 year fix. Um, and those rates hover around 4%. So they're still so, stupid you know. low. I mean, it's still really cheap. It's not like it's a, it's not like a hard money loan. <laughs> Insert bananas. Insert yeah, bananas. So oh, yeah. to be able to get an investment property that low is fantastic. Well, because, you know, a lot of times when people are talking about investing in real estate, they're talking hard money. And hard mm -hmm. money lenders um, typically charge a lot more than 4%. Right. I mean, at least before rates got so low, they were probably around 8 to 10 I don't know if we can even get them cheaper today. What do well, you think? and a lot of them are slowing down. A yeah. lot of them had decided to kind of like, let's hold off for a bit. Well, yeah, because if, <laughs> if they're not going to, money's cheap, why yes. loan money if they're not going to get the returns they are wanting to see themselves? Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Um, what so, I'm seeing is a lot of hard money lenders turn into just secondary lenders, not yes. even hard money lenders, and just turning into actual so, lenders with longer terms because Is that no one of your options, Daniel? No, um, well, you know, we don't offer that, but if you wanted to be a hard money lender or a lender, yeah. you, I mean, you have the rate, you have the amount, the money, you can, you determine the rate as a self-directed IRA. If someone's willing to pay it, right. then it's up to you. I mean, the one thing I will, the example I always give uh, clients when I'm speaking to them about leveraging is if you want to buy a $200,000 property, um, you know, usually it's you know, with the 65%, it's 70,000. 70, is going to be your down payment. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Lindsay, you guys like to see a little bit of a reserve buffer about 10%. 
if you bought a $200,000 property, it's 90,000 is what you would need. So that gives you a great barometer. So as you start to look higher or lower, you already know kind of the numbers that's gonna be, all you gotta do is plug and play those numbers into whatever. Um, it's awesome, you it know, is awesome. Offer you have. So a question just popped in my head and any of you three can, or four can address this question of mine. I almost am kicking myself. Terry, you met Randy, I think on one of our previous shows, my CPA. And I'm just curious, so if I take my self-directed IRA, the whole reason I'm putting it in there is to mitigate my tax liabilities, right? It's income that I've made and I don't want to pay taxes on it. So I'm putting it over there and I put it in a property. What happens when I sell the property or if I want to take that money and maybe refinance so I can open it up to another property? Do I have to do a 1031 to avoid being taxed on the self um, on the IRA? 1031s are very, 1031s are kind of the private out side of an IRA, um, example of an IRA. So it's cash. To really to mitigate, mm -hmm. yeah, it's to mitigate your capital gains. That's okay. what the 1031 is outside. In an IRA, there are no capital gains. Mm -hmm. So it's so if I sell the property, I won't necessarily get taxed on that IRA, is what I no. guess I'm trying to figure you, out. Yep, so you buy a property for 200,000, you sell, sell it, it for 300,000. <laughs> then I just freed up that, that money? Goes, yep, it goes so you right don't there. get taxed on it, Rebecca, until you go to withdraw the money right. as retirement income. Correct. So the, the that money again. that you made on the sale of the property goes into the IRA and can continue to grow over time. But when you reach retirement age and you, you start drawing 5,000 a month in distribution, right. you're gonna be taxed on that as income at that time. You guys so are getting me so many I know. I, know. I saw where your head was going. I wanted to clarify. Thank you for <laughs> clarifying for me. Okay, so we're we're down to the last few minutes of the show, and poor Lindsay. I want to hear more from Lindsay because this poor woman has sat all hour and barely we've let her talk at all. So Lindsay, I'm going to call on you first it, it, to wrap up our show. And somebody has some money they want to invest. What, from your angle, your perspective, what would you recommend that you can do to help people with that money? I mean, I think your best bet is to sit down with your IRA custodian, sit down with Daniel and figure out where you want to go with your money, right? What kind of investment, what kind of return on investment do you want to have? Um, and really figure out a, a plan for where you want to be or when you're going to retire so that you can figure out how much money you want to put into an investment property or figure out how much money you want to keep in your IRA leveraging somewhere else and then that way we can kind of back into a purchase price for you we can back into a monthly payment that you're comfortable with that your property is going to generate from rent so it's really important to have all of us work together to figure that out rather than just you know showing up with a check and saying i want to buy a property there's a lot more that goes into that and it's smart with your retirement you make sure that you have a plan and it's a long-term plan awesome well lindsay you're going to become my new best friend I'll be looking you up after the show for sure. <laughs> Lindsay, I'm super excited to meet Lindsay too. Thank you. Yeah, so we, we will we'll make sure to share your contact info. Lindsay, people want to get a hold of you. Quick, how do they get a hold of you? My best the best way to get a hold of me is to call me. Um, that way I'm I'm always available to answer questions. It can get hard with an email, but my phone number is um 602-431-4653. Thank you so much for joining us today. I don't know if we're going to let you get a word in edgewise again, but I now have your phone number. That is 602-431-4653. Uh, Daniel, you're up next, my friend. Last parting moments, what do you want to share with our guest? What, what do you think is like your nugget of, of wealth that you can give us 
um, as a departing message? Have a plan. I mean, uh, Lindsay had a great, the, her, her kind of send off was great. Have a plan. I mean, just saying I want a self-directed IRA um, necessarily isn't the, isn't the right idea. It's what do you want to do with that self-directed IRA? Once you have a desire, once you have an appetite, it's our job to then help, you know, you get, get clarify you to that it. point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. Daniel, best way to get a hold of you, email, voicemail, par uh, carrier pigeon. What do you think? Uh, carrier pigeon is the best way. Uh, no, um, e email is email is the best way, and you can I can be reached at d ortega at vantageiras.com. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Um, and yeah, you know, if we we also offer uh, educational seminars uh, two times every month. Okay. Uh, if, you're, if any of your clients are interested, all they have to do is email me. We have one coming up this this uh, Wednesday at 9 a.m. Do me a favor, we email me that info and we'll make sure to post it when we post the show on YouTube. Absolutely, it's called Set Your IRA Free. It gives you a high level overview of a lot of the things that we discussed today. Okay. Um, kind of crammed into one, it's about, oh, sorry, it's about, nine, uh, about an hour, hour and 15 minutes okay. and then questions at the end. So love it. thank you again. I'll be tuning in on Wednesday then. Thank you, Daniel. And Sounds then, good. and I'm, I was gonna say last but not least, but I promised Bernie since she's <laughs> here in the banana yellow shirt to get last word. <laughs> Tara, girlfriend, somebody's coming to you and I know you've done these consults many times with my clients. How do we invest in real estate? What are, you, what are the ways you can help people invest and what is your best advice for somebody just wanting to get started? Yeah, I think that it's really important that when you're looking at somebody's overall portfolio, that you're looking at everything as a whole. And I wrote down the word wealth building teams. And these were a big thing back in the day. I think it's more important than ever that your CPA and your financial advisor and your real estate agent and your licensed loan officer are all working together cohesively on your behalf. And we, we each bring these different layers of expertise. Even on this call today, I've taken all kinds of notes that will even further help me guide and direct the families that we're taking care of. So um, from the lending side of things, it's really looking at their overall portfolio and leveraging these historically low interest rates to get that equity out of the house and working for them in the long run. Awesome. Love it. Thank you so, so much awesome. for joining us today. Thank you for bringing Lindsay and introducing her. I love the fact that Lindsay and Daniel already know each other. I like know. We didn't even plan I that. <laughs> and uh, so thank you everybody for joining us. Have a wonderful, successful Monday. I'm going to leave the final words oh, with my banana girl <laughs> over here, my sunshine over here on Monday morning, August Monday 3rd. morning sunshine. Monday morning sunshine. She brought me these really cute cards. Don't know if you guys enjoyed those or not. But um, Bernie, you are a client of Daniel's. Yes, why don't I am. you Why don't you finish the show and tell us why you picked Daniel or why you decided to go this route with your money? Well, I trust them. I absolutely 100% trust them. There's a lot of companies out there that would be willing to take your money, but a lot of times you don't get to meet the people behind the logos. Right. So they are accessible. They're available. They've been doing this a long time. They educate. They educate. I love it. So, I mean, honestly, like today is pretty awesome because every single one of you guys is making a change in people's lives. Like, yeah. that's huge. You're changing somebody's life for the better. And so Absolutely. anybody who tuned in today, they got to hear the- Believe you can do it. Yeah, they got <laughs> to, you know, you brought us all together. But seriously, anybody who, who tuned in today, 
you're going to be making some money. Yeah. And that's what it's all about is <laughs> financial security, <laughs> wealth building, and freedom. Yes. Um, and happiness. And, of course, my Cinderella contest. So whoever wants these yeah. vans, let me know who wears a size seven and a half. <laughs> They're yours. And thanks for letting me be your Ed McMahon today. Oh, my pleasure, my darling. <laughs> Everybody, have a wonderful week. Thank you again. It's so nice meeting you guys. Thank you. We'll be in touch. Bye-bye. Happy Monday. What a great show, and thank you for joining us on our mutual journey to becoming unharmable and successful in all of our experiences while we're here in this school of life. We hope you enjoyed it. If you watched us on YouTube, please like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Likewise, if you're catching us on one of our podcast platforms, be sure to follow us so you never miss out on another one of our shows again. Remember that if you ever have a question about real estate or any of the other topics we cover, Check us out on the web, www.gratefulheart.tv, for all of our links to connect with us. Otherwise, we'll have another show for you again right here next Monday at 11 a.m. Arizona time. Hey, hey, I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. Hey, I'm on vacation every single day, every single day.